Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today we take a look at this week's movement in wheat and canola prices and the look ahead to next week. A severe storm hit parts of the southern grain belt last night, torrential rain in Regina. A major cattle theft operation has been busted by the RCMP in Saskatchewan. And the NFU sends out a big thank you letter to suppliers for support during the coronavirus pandemic. There's a comprehensive look at crops on the prairies, and the Western Grains Research Foundation raises its support for scholarships at three prairie universities. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mark. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. Grain markets were showing upward movement this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo of Regina says canola was up $5 a ton this week and wheat gained about $0.05 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off with canola, the trend has still been higher for this week with canola increasing approximately $5 a ton. November canola is sitting at about 487 a ton here today. And uh, largely due to it seems that, again, the soy complex uh, has been increasing specifically on soybean oil. Uh, again, a little bit of uh, weather issues as well too strong crush margins, as well as possibly maybe some lower seeded acres than really what StatsCan was expecting of that 20.08 million acres. So canola is in uh, an upward trend, but maybe harvest pressure could start to come in here pretty soon. What about wheat? On the wheat side of things, Minneapolis has been uh, fairly flat, up approximately five cents here on the week. The story has been more actually on Chicago wheat. Uh, the trends are pointing up for that contract, which has not actually translated into the Minneapolis following here. So that is something to watch as well going forward. So what is the outlook for the coming week and beyond? Well, first thing I'm going to be watching here, again, is on the canola front, if this trend can continue higher. The Canadian dollar has increased quite substantially here in the last week actually close to that 75 cent level sitting at 74 and a half here today so one would think that uh, would be a negative kind of downward pressure for canola however that's not translating here so uh, i've been talking to farms about possibly looking at uh, hedging some of these levels here some that don't want to have that uh, production risk at the elevator uh, so oftentimes then uh, the futures and options come in so that's uh, one trend i'm going to be watching and then for wheat again if 510 on the september futures is broken there is more downside on the December contract support is closer to 520, so about 10 cents away. Overall, 
again, this is as well too the time of year where weather really does come into play here today and going forward. So that's the trend to be watching. So you're saying it could be a real weather market right now just because, I mean, Western Canada crops look pretty good. Correct. So Western Canada crops are looking fairly good. Talking with clients, depending on their area, north of Edmonton, they got significant amount of rain before and before and when the crops now, and that's where there's going to be some issues up, I would say, up north there. Uh, however, you know, it is scattered across most of the, the prairies. A lot of areas in Saskatchewan are looking fairly good. I'm hearing from clients same with Manitoba. And uh, that is one reason where maybe these profitable prices, again, over $11 now on the futures, might not stay. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Regina. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Selford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Selford Equipment dealer or visit SelfordGroup.com. The hot and humid conditions yesterday meant it was another afternoon and evening of active weather for parts of the province, including Regina. Shortly after 9 p.m., a severe thunderstorm was warning was issued for the city. Heavy rain, intense lightning passed over for about 15 to 20 minutes. But according to Environment Canada's Rose Carlson, wind gusts were the main concern. We had uh, a couple of reports of uh, downed uh, power lines and grain bins uh, south of Regina. Uh, besides that, uh, we had uh, a wind gust at uh, Yellowgrass Station that uh, reached 83 kilometers an hour, and uh, Regina Airport itself uh, gusted to 89 kilometers an hour. Carlson says Regina saw between 15 and 20 millimeters of rain, in other words, just under an inch, but it seemed like much more because of how quickly it came down, and it was torrential at times. A tornado warning was also issued in the Meadow Lake region, but Carlson says they have no reports of any touchdowns at this time. She says the risk for more severe storms today is fairly low. Lanigan RCMP have laid several charges related to cattle theft following a five-month-long investigation at Caprina Farms and Ranching near Jansen. RCMP from Lanigan and Alberta conducted a search on the Jansen Ranch and recovered a substantial number of cattle. 59-year-old Andre and Monica Ribby face charges of theft of cattle, fraudulently marketing cattle, and causing animals to be in distress. The pair are to be in Humboldt Court on August 24th. RCMP stressed the importance of branding cattle for ownership identification purposes. The National Farmers Union has sent via email a letter thanking suppliers during the COVID-19 crisis. The letter expresses appreciation for suppliers and their efforts to make farming possible during the COVID-19 pandemic. The note says businesses have not wavered in providing the needed resources to keep farmers on the job of producing food. The NFU's letter of gratitude says food production is an essential service and source of prosperity and a way to connect with one another. Stuart Wells is the NFU's vice president of operations. There's um, far too many... Um uh, people and different types of businesses and organizations to name them uh, all in a letter uh, because uh, we, you know, for sure we'd miss somebody and that's that's not the point. We want to just make sure that everybody is thanked and acknowledged for their work and the risk that they're taking uh, during this time because, you know, every repair business or manufacturer or dealer 
supplier has a steady stream of farmers going in and out of the door, they've all taken the, you know, what precautions they can take to to keep their staff and the farmers uh, safe. But it it uh, needs to be acknowledged that they are taking a risk and, uh, you know, doing work that uh, that's really really essential. And uh, we just wanted to make sure that they were all acknowledged. Some people may not realize just how big an impact COVID has had, not just at the farm gate, but the supply and distribution sectors as well. And Wells explains further. That supply business is, is uh, it's easy to um, underestimate uh, their value because, you know, these people are in a sense working behind the scenes. And so farmers from time to time are recognized for the job of producing safe, high-quality food for Canadians, but the tremendous army of people behind us uh, are very seldom recognized, and without their work, uh, we couldn't do our jobs. Stuart Wells is the NFU's Vice President of Operations and Farms near Swift Current. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Today I'm talking to Jolene Brown. Jolene is a family farm succession and business consultant based in Iowa. In these discussions, how do we create transparency about money? And because some of these, the asset numbers we're talking about are huge, right? Well, I never want to talk about money without the business plan because it's fitting into something much larger. And we've all heard how much we're asset rich, rich and cash poor. But that doesn't fly when you're doing a family business conversation because they just see the assets. And when I talk about how people in family business lie, one of the three lies is, oh, you don't have to worry about your brothers and sisters. They've got their job. They're not interested in the business. Now, that's true until you're dead. (laughs) And so if we can put the financial package in terms of where it fits in the business plan, its role in the business plan, from debt management to the skills to invest, to off-farm income, to uh, providing security for different generations, then we're talking about money in a different way. But I will share with you, probably the sharpest family I worked with was several years ago, and their children were in middle school. So I think it was seventh or eighth grade. And um, that farming operation is a very large operation, but they pay most of their farm bills that they don't pay online when even those online are checked once a month. But they have those middle school kids sitting at the kitchen table with the checkbook or with the account ledger of the, what has been withdrawn automatic pay. And they have the kids write out who it's to and the amount and fill it in. And then the mom and dad will sign it. So now dad's out filling the cedar this spring and the sun's shouting, don't you spill any seed, dad. You know how much that seed costs. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> so how did he know that? So so money has to start from little on. And, and I have an opinion, as you know, I'm quite opinionated because I've had such good teachers from all of us in agriculture. And that is, I don't think that um, kids should be paid an allowance. I think money is paid for work done. 
And so from little on in our refrigerator, there is always the list. This you do just because you're family. No, we don't pay you to pick up your toys and make your bed and clean your room and stuff. But if you do this, this is worth a dollar. This is worth 50 cents. And we didn't stop there. We said, and with that money you have earned, this part you get to tithe, this part you get to spend, this mm -hmm. part you get to save, and this part you get to do a good surprise for somebody and they'll never know it came from you. Because I also wanted to teach compassion as we went. So where does this money transparency start? I hope it starts at a very young age. And when it hasn't, then all of a sudden we're dealing with the realities of figures we don't understand what's behind them, including the values of what it took to make that. Uh, I often have people inheriting things and they have no idea of the journey that it took to create that wealth to be inherited. So when we're talking transparency, we're talking a journey of both the the head, which is a lot to do with the money, and the heart that was behind it. And, and I think too the, the so in terms of the the paying of the of the the younger generations, it also is, doesn't mean that they start at an executive level salary. It, it is a it is it is money or of um, an amount that is closely connected to the work that's being done. Correct. Oh, man, did you hit a sore spot for so many families, especially if they brought another generation in when the finances were real strong, because the next generation thinks it's always going to be that way. And the person they're married to thinks it's always going to be that way. So what I'd like to do is to have them start at a realistic salary. And since one of my prerequisites before you work in a family business is you have worked elsewhere for two or three consecutive years, you actually know your monetary value. And whether or not the farm can pay that, because we can talk about sweat equity as we go, but the, the bottom line is let's start at, at a realistic compensation. And then if you have a good year and there has been exceptional value brought by someone, then we can talk additional bonuses. But we've got to be very realistic when setting that compensation and do not bring a next generation into a financial mess and expect them to fix it. You know, I, I sat with a farmer and his accountant was coming in about an hour. And so I was saying to the farmer, let's get out your books. And he said to me, which set of books do you want to see? <laughs> the one he shows the tax man, the one he shows, you know, his advisor or, or the one that he shows the government or the one that's real. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, partly cloudy with 30% chance of showers and risk of a thunderstorm today and tonight. Wind west 20 becoming light this afternoon, the high today 29, the low 15. Tomorrow mainly cloudy, 30% chance of showers early in the morning and risk of a thunderstorm. Clearing in the morning, wind becoming northwest 30 gusting to 50 and a high of 23 Saturday, the low 11. 
Sunday, sunny and windy, the high 25, the low 11. Monday, sunny, the high 25, the low 12. Tuesday, sunny, the high 29, the low 15. Wednesday, sunny, the high 31, the low 16. Thursday, sunny sky and a high of 29. Normal high is 26, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 516 this morning. It sets at 854 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot Estevan at 29, the cold spot Uranium City way up north, 17 degrees. Once again, Estevan 29, Saskatoon and Swift Current both 23, Weyburn 27, Yorkton is 28. Sunny in Regina, 26 degrees, that's 79 Fahrenheit, Windsor from the west, southwest at 17. Humidity 63%, thermometer rising 100.6. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 27 degrees. Winds are from the west at 21. Once again, Regina, sunny in 26. That's 79 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com and SMHI. Crop hail insurance at cost. Online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca. There is the potential for some very good canola, durum, and spring wheat crops over parts of western Canada, but the big concern centers over the Peace River region, northern Alberta, around Edmonton, and extending into the northwest corner of Saskatchewan. These areas have received extensive rain during the growing season and will need some dry weather going forward prior to harvest. Bruce Burnett is the Markets and Weather Director with Markets Farm. He has been looking at satellite imagery illustrating crop vegetation across the prairies. The one thing that comes quickly to the fore is that basically southern and central areas of Saskatchewan and southern areas of Alberta certainly are in better shape than they were last year. So the crop growth is good in those areas. It's uh, still a little bit too early to say that this is going to translate into record yields, but uh, certainly yield potential is above average in those areas. Vegetative growth isn't quite as strong in other regions, but there is still the potential for good yields. Across the remainder of the prairies, through the Manitoba into eastern Saskatchewan, up into the northern growing regions, you're seeing mostly conditions similar to last year, which is good because some of these areas produce very good crops compared to last year. The areas that we're seeing a huge drop-off are up in the Peace River region again, and you can see that, some brown areas showing up there as well as in the Edmonton area, both east and west of the city, uh, where we're seeing the most severe problems due to the heavy rains and the excess soil moisture conditions throughout this year. So those are the areas where we're expecting yields to be somewhat challenged. The remainder of the prairie is looking pretty good, in fact, a little bit better than last year. Burnett was a presenter this week at Ag in Motion's Internet. He's come up with some yield projections for Western Canada. He's targeting an average canola yield of 42.6 bushels an acre, with a midpoint production estimate of 19.5 million tons. The canola yields look very good, but again, that northern growing area in Alberta, which is very significant, is going to be a yield drag. Otherwise, I think we would be closer to a record yield across the prairies. In those areas, certainly we're going to see a lot of acreage loss. That's, I think, the next thing to be concentrating on is how much area do we actually lose due to that flooding condition. I guess a little bit in Manitoba, but certainly up in northern Alberta. Uh, how many acres that got planted did get flooded out and 
as well, how many acres didn't get harvested. Moving to spring wheat, Burnett's average yield estimate for the prairies is 50.9 bushels an acre, or a midpoint production estimate of 24.4 million metric tons. And that's slightly lower than last year. It's based on a reduced area uh, and some of those production problems that were in the northern areas of Alberta. But it's still a decent crop for Western Canada, the second highest over the past five years. So certainly a decent spring wheat crop forecast this year. The question will be about quality, and it will also be about what happens in some of those northern growing areas, whether we can recover from some of these heavy rains or not. Burnett's Durham estimate is 5.6 million metric tons, with an average yield of 42.4 bushels an acre. Production prospects in the main Durham growing areas in the south look very good. Of course, there's some disease concerns from the excess moisture. You've got some fusarium issues maybe in Durham production estimates about 5.6 million tons, uh, which is above last year. But uh, given the demand that we're seeing in the Durham market, I don't think that uh, there'll be any problem in terms of uh, the amount of uh, Durham exports that uh, uh, will be required from this year's crops. So even a higher production number, there's probably markets for it in the international marketplace. Burnett says overall crop prospects at this point are better than last year, with the exception of the Peace River region, northern Alberta, and parts of northwest Saskatchewan near the Alberta border. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business, call 782-5999. The Western Grains Research Foundation has increased its investment in graduate scholarships for crop research. The executive director of the Saskatoon-based Research Foundation, Garth Patterson, has outlined a $1.5 million investment in graduate scholarships at the University of Saskatchewan, the University of Alberta, and the University of Manitoba. The Western Grains Research Foundation has been providing scholarships to the universities of Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta since 2011. And uh, we've seen good value out of that because uh, those graduate scholarships end up supporting uh, tomorrow's scientists and and leaders in agriculture. The board wanted to uh, take the opportunity to increase the value of those scholarships so that each of those universities would have more resources to train more, more students. So how much did you raise the scholarship? Now, the scholarship is up to $300,000 a year with 100000 a year going to uh, each of those three universities to, on agriculture-related research of interest to Western Canadian farmers. Formerly in the past, uh, the scholarship was on a rotating basis with each of those three universities receiving $100,000 every three years. So what this really means is the scholarship was tripled to uh, 300000 a year. How is this research so important to Western farmers? What we've seen uh, in, in WGF's 39 years in funding research is that Western Canadian grain, pulse, oilseed, and, and special crop farmers uh, really benefit from the development of not only new varieties, but also uh, crop production techniques in agronomy. And the agriculture uh, colleges at these three Western universities are, are really leaders in that area in, in producing researchers. And we see this as a way really to, to plan for succession moving forward to make sure 
there's going to continually be researchers available to address the problems that farmers want answers for in crop production. And these graduate students have hands-on research during their courses, correct? Yes, and that's why we focus on graduate students and not undergraduate students. So our interest and our, our sole purpose is to fund research. And when students get into graduate, both master's and PhD programs, they're doing hands-on research. And we've structured these scholarships so that that hands-on research is in areas and crops that are relevant to Western Canadian farmers. How many students would be able to benefit from this? Yeah, typically with $100,000 going to a university annually, that would allow support of two PhD level students or three master's level graduate students. It, it varies a bit with the university and their structure, and sometimes they're able to match one scholarship with another, but that's a pretty safe estimate. Garth Patterson is the executive director of the Western Grains Research Foundation. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola fell $1.20 at 443.18. Oats dropped $30 at 183.16. Number one red spring wheat gained $4.98 at 221.61. The rest were unchanged. Durham 266.39. Feed barley 195.70. Flax 528.85. Lentils $582.50. Yellow peas 244.89. Feed wheat, 172.88. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September spring wheat is up 6 cents at 5.16 a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Hardline Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 325 on offer at our Tuesday regular sale of cows, bulls, and yearlings. This bull market, it continues strong from 120 to 132. Sales right up to 136 on them top, top end high yielding bulls. These good cow, high yielding cows, 90 to 98. We had cows at a buck one here on Tuesday. Most of these cows, though, will bring for any, the medium cows cows will bring 80 to 90. These 25 black cows from Rodney Williams down there in Crane Valley, 1470 at 96 and a half. 18 good red and black cows, black red and black cows from Morehart Farms at Spring Valley, 1575. They at 95 cents. They market good calves every fall. Yearlings were a little on light supply but sold to a strong demand. Pre-sorted yearling sale here Tuesday, August 18th. For more market information, give Heartland Moose a call at 692-2385. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a great afternoon. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,500 hogs Thursday. Selling a range of 120 to 156 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,500 head. Selling a range of 123 to 158 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, July 25th are... Holy West, 115.80, Maple Leaf, 128.86, Hams Cash, 126.86, Thunder Creek Brick Hill, 140, High Life Cash, 137.83, and
And High Life adjusted, $157.07 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 17 to 22 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices opened lower this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is up 15 basis points, with a daily exchange rate at 1.3392. Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.60 cents U.S. Overall strength in the reporting regions this past week has pushed U.S. cash reference markets upward, with the largest week-over-week gain seen since the end of May. However, prices over the summer have been counter-seasonally and extremely low, and while a move off the lows is still good news for hog producers, the context is a summer seeing prices that, despite this week's move higher, are still 32% and 55% lower than the five-year average benchmarks for this marketing week in the National and Western Corn Belt regions, respectively. Lean hog futures have given back all of the yesterday's gains and gap lower at the open this morning. The trade, trade continued to move lower in the early session, but appears to be finding some support through mid-trade. Futures values in 2021 are more positive, but still trading below value benchmarks in February, May, and June. Only the April contract is higher today by 1%. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win 225000 in cash or three hundred grand in combined cash. Ticket info at combinelotto.com. The world's largest oil field services company is cutting more than 21,000 jobs as the coronavirus pandemic quashes demand for energy and depresses oil prices. U.S.-based Schlumberger says it will pay more than $1 billion in severance benefits. The elimination of about a quarter of its workforce puts the number of people employed by the company close to levels at the start of the oil and gas fracking boom. Chesapeake Energy, a pioneer in fracking, sought bankruptcy protection last month. North American stock markets fell in late morning trading on growing tensions between the U.S. and China as the price of gold surpassed $1,900 U.S. per ounce for the first time since 2011. The TSX Composite Index was down 35 points at 15,983. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 58 points at 26,593. The Canadian dollar traded for 74.57 cents U.S. compared with 74.67 on Thursday. The September crude oil contract was up 7 cents at $41.14 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Monday morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farm.